0: praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 127, verse two. Again, that's Psalms 127 and two. And it reads, it is in vain for you to rise up early to stay up late and to eat the bread of hard toil. Your Bible may say uh, the bread of sorrow, for we give sleep to his beloved. He gives sleep. The Lord gives sleep. To those he loved, his beloved. So that means every night, every night that you go to go to bed, he gives you sleep. Now, the question is, are we experiencing the sleep? Are we experiencing the sleep? You see, we have to receive the sleep by faith. Every night the Lord gives, if you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, he has given you sleep. He has provided sleep for you every night. And if our experience does not line up with the word of God, that means that there are some changes that we must make. So you may ask the question, uh, Pastor Meredith, uh, I don't I. I, I see the scripture. I've read the scripture before in the past, but I'm not experiencing God's best in that area. I'm not receiving sleep. As much sleep as I should receive. Well, there are many reasons for that. There could be um, many reasons for that. But I can tell you now the overarching reason is probably worry. 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 Now, worry can be somewhat deceptive. What do you mean? See, when we think of worry, it's you, it's you thinking it on, and pondering something that is negative. You're thinking and pondering something that is negative. However, I submit to you that you can be thinking on something that's positive in the middle of the night. But if you're doing, that, if you're doing it while you should be asleep, guess what? You're still opening opening up a door for the enemy to attack. Think about it for a moment. When we do not receive a good night's sleep, oftentimes we're irritable. We're not alert. We're not sharp as we normally are. Sleep is important. Sleep is necessary. Just as it is important for you to do what God has called you to do, to complete the will, to walk in the plan of God in your life, it's also just as important for you to sleep and recharge. Now, you can be doing something good. You can be thinking on something good. You can be meditating on something good for hours and hours on end. But if you're doing it during the time you should be sleeping, It's not going to profit you as much as it has. It was intended to profit you. Why? Because you're doing although you're doing something good, but you're doing something good in the time where you should be doing something else. It's all about should I be doing this at this moment? Yes, you know, this is a good thing. But should I be thinking on this good thing at this time? There's a time and a place for everything. We have to make sure that we, when we should be asleep, we are sleep. So even if you're thinking on something good. If, once again, if you're doing it during a time when you should be asleep, it's not good. It's not good. You leave the door open for the enemy to rob from you. So once again, it's important for us to receive a good night's sleep. Let's dig a little deeper with this. If we trace the line of development from the last supper to the crucifixion, let's just walk with me for a moment. We know during the last uh, supper, Jesus had that with his disciples. And afterwards, the word of God says that they walked out singing hymns. He told his disciples, stay here and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him a little further and told them, listen, stay here and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So stay here and pray and be prepared. Jesus goes off a little ways by himself. And he communes with the Father. A little while later, he gets up and he finds his disciples, particularly Peter, James, and John, sleep. Well, this happened three more times. And on the third time, he told his disciples, the disciples, "The one who's going to betray me is here." And the disciples ran off after he was arrested. But afterwards, they took Jesus to Anania's house, then to Caiapha's house, then to uh, Pilate's. And Pilate began to question Jesus. After he learned that Jesus was from Galilee, he said, hmm, Herod is in town, and that's his jurisdiction. So he sent Jesus to Herod. Herod was pleased that Jesus came because he wanted to see Jesus perform a miracle. Well, Jesus did not comply. So they began to ridicule Jesus. They sent him back to Pilate. Pilate saw that the chief priests, they were, they, they were up to no good. He knew this wasn't right. But to appease them, he had Jesus flogged. He had him scourged. They chastised him. In fact, they chastised him in, in the different uh, judgment halls, but this is when they put the crown of thorns on him, and they just beautifully just just mutilated Jesus' body. And so when they brought him back to Pilate, Pilate presented him, thinking that this would appease them. But how many of y'all understand when the enemy is at work, he's not satisfied until you are dead. He is not satisfied. You cannot satisfy him. And so the chief priest led the crowd to say, crucify him, crucify him. There is one account where it says that Pilate said, listen, his blood is not on me. But the crowd said, listen, let his blood be on us, or on our children. The point is this. The chief priest was not satisfied until they Jesus was going to be crucified. Well, we know that they put that cross beam on him and. And he was crucified on Calvary and he stayed on that cross from approximately nine in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon before he gave up the ghost and died. Now, if we go back the previous day when he had that evening, the last supper afterwards, if you notice, he prayed in the garden for some time before they arrested him. But during the time, after they arrested him, he went from one judgment hall to the next. They chastised him. What does it mean to chastise? It means to, one uh, uh, definition means to, uh, to give corporal punishment. The law allows parents to give reasonable corporate punishment to their children. That means to use physical force against them there's another another definition that says to ridicule or to strongly rebuke. We know Jesus experienced all of this all night long. They would blindfold him and hit him and say, prophesy, who hit you? The point is this, Jesus was up all night long and he was on the cross for approximately six Hours. What's the point here, brother pastor? Jesus stayed up. He was sleep deprived during all of this that was happening, deprived of sleep and was focused on the assignment at hand so you and I wouldn't have to. You see, it is God's will once again for us to sleep during the night so we can wake up fresh to do what it is that he's called us to do, to do what God has assigned us to do. But he wants us to sleep. The word of God says he gives sleep to those he loves. He gives his beloved sleep. We can see here, right here, because Jesus stayed up all night. Because he stayed up all night and focused on the task at hand the next day, We don't. Once again, we don't have to. Now, let's look at this. The word of God says we talk about chastisement. The word of God says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So when he was hit, whether it was with an open palm and sometimes it was a closed fist when he was ridiculed, that was for our peace. Now, why is this important to know? Because Whatever keeps us up at night, the worry, the the whatever's going on. Jesus paid a price for us to have peace so we can go to sleep. He paid the price of chastising, So therefore, because of that, we can cast those thoughts down that try to get us to worry. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for it. He paid the price for us, so we never have to worry about anything. We can cast our cares over on the Lord. He paid the price for our peace, our peace of mind. Let's dig a little deeper with this. Let's let's go to first Corinthians chapter 11. Again, that's first Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, We'll begin reading at verse twenty seven. Now, we know that this is the Lord Jesus Christ giving Paul revelation regarding the the Lord's supper. He's giving Paul revelation. Now, why is he giving Paul revelation? Because he wanted us to know a little bit more about uh, what happens when we take the Lord's supper. So once again, He gives Paul this revelation. Verse 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily will be guilty of the body and the blood of the lamb. So let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and unhealthy or sickly. It may say in your Bible among you and and many die. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we would not be condemned with the, the, the world. Now, let's look at this. Verse 27, it says, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, is it saying if we're not worthy? You know, you know none of us are worthy. So it's not talking about that. But it's referring to, listen, are you remembering what the Lord has done? If we go up a few scriptures, it says, let's take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you notice, it did not say in memory of me. No, it says, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember what the, what my body was broken for your healing. Furthermore, it says, listen, this. Cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What was the purpose of my blood? What did my blood do? It washed your sins away. Think about the total, think about the redemptive works of of, of Jesus Christ. He took away our sins and gave us his righteousness. When you look at the redemptive plan, the redemptive works, he always take, he took something of ours and gave us something of his. So once again, he took our sins and gave us his righteousness. He took our sicknesses, our infirmities, our diseases, and gave us his healing. He took our worries, our issues, our things that troubled the mind. The word of God says the chastisement of our peace was upon him and he gave us his peace. Let's dig a little deeper. The word of God says he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. He took our poverty and made us rich but I'd say it's something else. He stayed up all night, all night long, stayed on that cross for six hours, feeling the, uh, the full force of the pain, not only the physical pain, not only his disciples betraying her and, and leaving him, not, but he also dealt with the spiritual warfare. He had the weight of the world on his, so, his shoulders. He experienced everything and stayed up that we never have to stay up all night to and and do what God called us to do. He stayed up so we could sleep. It is always God's plan for us to sleep and then wake up and do the will of the Father every night. Now, there are some exceptions to the rules. Sometimes the Lord may Uh, uh, Wake you up and have you intercede for someone That's an exception Sometimes you know you may be up all night Because you have a sick child That's an exception You know Sometimes you may uh, Be up because you're in a warfare about something That's an exception But if you notice those are exceptions and not the rules But for the most part, the Lord wants you to get a good night's sleep and wake up the next morning ready to do the Father's work because he stayed up all night. He stayed up all night and did the Father's work so you don't have to stay up all night. He did it for you and I. He did it for you and I. Remember, the Lord, this redemptive plan, he he took something so we didn't have to experience it and gave us something. The word of God says in one, uh, one uh, version says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. He gives his beloved those he loved, those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. He's given them sleep. So the word of God says, let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So in other words, he should think on the things that the Lord Jesus Christ had done for him. Examine yourself, are you remembering what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you while you're taking communion? Are you thinking about? Are you thinking about it? The Lord God says, for he who eats and drinks unworthily, those who are not thinking about or remembering, like Jesus Christ said, those who are not remembering what he had done for them, the redemptive works of the cross, drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So once again, when we take communion, we should discern the Lord's body. In other words, what did, the, what did the Lord Jesus Christ do for us? What was the redemptive works? Then it says, for this reason, now we need to pay attention here. It says, for this reason, many, not a few, not some. It says, for this reason, many are weak, and unhealthy or sickly among you and many die. Now, it's not talking about the unbeliever. It's talking about the believers, those who made the made Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. But then it says, but if we would judge ourselves, Lord, forgive me, Lord. help, I, I, Lord, you know what? I'm going to discern. You know, I have not been discerning your body like I should. I have not been thinking about what you've done for me. So, Lord, I'm going to do better. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. In other words, damnation will not come on us. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we would not be condemned with the world. The word of God says, we're talking about discipline. The first step, because this is progressive, is the first thing is you're weak. If we're weak, we don't understand what's going on. Have you discerned the Lord's body? When you take communion, do you remember what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you? Are you remembering this? Or is this just a memory? The word says do this, Jesus said do this in remembrance of me, not a memory of me. No, no, in remembrance. Think about what he went through. Think about the results of what he went through, what you can have, what you can do because of what he's done for us. Give thanks with a grateful heart. That's the song. Because what the Lord has done for us. It says, for this reason, once again, many are weak, then they're sickly. So if we're weak and then we become sickly, we need to do some thinking ask the Lord to reveal what's going on. And then it says many die. So let's look at it as it relates to sleep. If we don't get enough sleep, we will become weak. Think about this. What did the Lord Jesus Christ do? He stayed up all night so you don't have to. Furthermore, the scripture says in Psalms 127 and 2 that he gives his beloved sleep. Why are you worrying? Why get up early, go to bed late, eating the bread of sorrow or the bread of heart toil? He gives his beloved sleep. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement of our peace once again was upon him. So stop worrying. Go to sleep. So, if I don't sleep, I'll be weak. If I continue on that, path, on that path, I'll become sickly. If I, if we continue on that path, guess what? This is anybody. We'll eventually, guess what? We'll die. And the word of God says this is many. This is many. It is God's will for you to to sleep, it's just as much as the plan of God for you to get proper rest, to get proper sleep, as it is for you to fulfill the assignment that God has given you. It is God's plan. So, you may say, brother pastor, I understand everything what you're saying. I believe what you're saying, brother pastor. You may say, but brother pastor, I go to bed. And sometimes I'm up all night and I try those thoughts and I try to pray. But those thoughts keep just it won't let up. It just it's just I keep getting bombarded by those thoughts and and I can't get any rest. Well, thank God. Listen, you now know how to discern the Lord's body. Now, let me say this. If you have grown accustomed to stand up all night. You know, let me say this. First of all, you can do this and receive Instant uh, healing in this area as it relates to sleep. The word of God tells us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of our minds. What do we renew our minds with? The word of God that we may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, so once again, you may say, brother, pastor, I, I, I'm trying. So what do we do? Well, you go to bed and all of a sudden you may fall asleep. Then you may wake up, wake up to all these thoughts. You know, it may necessarily it may not be anything bad, but just it may be what you did the previous day, what you got to do the next day. But that's still a form of worrying. Why? Because you, you're you're thinking on something over and over again, but you're not doing it, doing, but you're doing it at the wrong time. It's good to plan, but it's not good to plan while you when you should be asleep. So we're talking about spiritual warfare now. So you may have said, you know what? I'm discerning the Lord's body. Thank you for the sleep you've given me. Because your word says in Psalms 127 that he gives sleep to those he loved. He gives sleep to his beloved. We also see this carried out while Jesus was uh, on his way to the cross. He did not sleep. And because once again he did not sleep, we can sleep. So therefore, this your base to thank God for the sleep he's already given you. He's already given you sleep. We have to receive it by faith along with anything else, whether it's our salvation, our healing, our prosperity, our peace of mind, we receive everything by faith. You have spiritual authority over your mind. So once again, you, you may wake up in the middle of the night with these thoughts. So what do you do once again? You say, God, I thank you for my sleep. I thank you for the sleep, Lord. Don't do a lot of thinking. You keep, you keep this into, in the faith arena. Don't sink down to a lot of thinking because you go down in the mental arena and that's where the enemy lies. No, no, stay in the faith arena. What does that mean? Don't think about what you feel. Don't think about what, you th- what, what it looks like. Don't think about past. In fact, let me say this, don't even look at the clock. Once you set that clock, Before you go to bed, don't even look at the clock. Why am I saying that? Because the enemy remind you, boy, you've been up two hours. You've been up five hours. No, no, don't look at the clock. Just say, Lord, I thank you for the sleep you've already given me. And you thank him. Now, let's go back. What do we need to do? How do we receive salvation? How do we receive our healing? How do we receive our peace of mind? We have to believe in our hearts, which is simply just a choice. It's not based on feeling. And we have to say something out of our mouth. You have to say under your, you you know, you may be married. You say it under your breath. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I sleep through the night. I thank you for the sleep you've already given me. I thank you for the sleep you've already given me. Let me share this with you. You may be up an hour, going back and forth. That's all right. This is called spiritual warfare. Don't give up. You keep doing it. You you know what? You may fall asleep for five minutes. You get back up. Guess what? Do it again. Do it again. You know, the enemy will say, well, you've been doing this so long. You you might as well give up. No, don't listen to him. He wants you to give up. No, you keep on with it. You may fall asleep an hour. You may wake up. He may wake you up again because you used to worry. You got to change that way of thinking. You only can change your way of thinking, once again, by the word of God. You do the same thing. You begin to profess the word over and over again. You, now, you know, if you're married, you may have to go to another room. But listen, the point is, you take care of business. Do not give the enemy a foothold. And you keep saying under your breath, God, I thank you for the sleep you've already given me. Thank you for the sleep, Lord. You've given me your beloved sleep. Thank you for sleep. You're discerning the Lord's body. You're remembering what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. And you know what? That night you may get only three or four hours of sleep. But you know what the Lord will be pleased? Why? Because you you went through uh uh spiritual warfare, you fought by faith. Can I share something with you? If you continue to do this every night, you'll see more and more and more sleep. You get to the point where eventually you'll say, Lord, I thank you give your beloved. <clears throat> You'll be out just like that. You'll wake up eight hours later or whatever time you you have set to to, to be to be awakened. The point is this, you all. He gives his beloved sleep. It is God's will for you to sleep. Remember, he stayed up all night. And then focused on the task, the assignment at hand. So you never have to do that. So you can go to sleep. And be refreshed and get up and do what God has assigned you to do and live the abundant life. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.